Today's guest on the podcast is Brooke Warner. She is a publisher of She Writes Press, the president of Warner Coaching Incorporated, and the author of the new book, Write On Sisters, Greenlight Your Book and How to Sell Your Memoir. So three books she's the author of. Um, I've had a lot of authors and writers on the podcast because I have a lot of writers in my audience. A lot of you guys tell me all the time, I just want to write. I want to publish a book. I want to do all these things. Yet so many of us are standing in our own way when it comes to being creative and taking that step toward writing. So I thought it would be awesome to have Brooke on the podcast to talk really briefly um, about some tips and tricks and tell us about She Writes University, which I think is a really awesome opportunity for women who are looking to take that next step for writing, publishing a book, or just telling our story. That is such an important thing to do um, in whatever medium we can. So I hope you all enjoyed this episode with Brooke Warner. Welcome to the Same 24 Hours Podcast with Meredith Atwood. We all have the same 24 hours each day, and it's what we do with those hours that makes all the difference between our health, happiness, and success. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Same 24 Hours Podcast. I'm your host, Meredith Atwood. Today's guest is Brooke Warner. Hi, Brooke. Hey, Meredith. How are you doing? I am great. Happy to be here. Awesome. Awesome. So I was really excited to connect with you because I actually have a lot of women who listen to the podcast, but who are also writers or wanting to be writers. And, um, you know, I, th- I think everyone has a story to tell. And so I love what you're doing. And so just wanted to have you on and, and tell all of my listeners about what you can offer. And, and I just think it's so awesome. So let's back up a little bit and, and talk about your background and kind of how you got interested in writing. Uh, yeah, I actually come out of the publishing industry. So even though I just wrote my third standalone book and I have a couple of other co-authored books, I don't come to writing from being a writer actually. And so I um, have 20 years in the book publishing industry and it was in 2012 when I started She Writes Press that I decided I wanted to write a book. And the main reason was because I had been working with writers for 12 years at that point. And I was coaching writers and I was striking out on my own. And I realized I wanted to have the experience. I wanted to feel firsthand what it felt like to go through what they were going through. And ever since then, I've had more to say. I sometimes (laughs) think after writing your first book, that can happen. Yes. So what did you learn? I mean, so you were in the publishing industry, you were coaching writers. And then what did you learn about writing your own book? Like, what was the big revelation that you're like, oh, my gosh, this is a little different than I thought? Totally. The biggest revelation was that I needed the same kind of support that writers were seeking out from me. I needed accountability. It was harder than I thought it would be. I mean, I thought it would be a challenge. It's not like I was like, oh, I'll just breeze into this and it will be an easy thing. But a lot of demons come up. I mean, a lot of self-doubt, you know, does this, this doesn't sound as good on the page as it does in my head. And then it's also time consuming. And so finding the space for it with my life, um, because I also, my son was born in 
2010. And so I was writing that first book when he was two years old. And, you know, a lot of people are struggling with time, whether they have kids or aging parents or big jobs, no matter what, there's always things that are pressing for our time. And sometimes writing can take a back burner to other seemingly more important things. (laughs) Right, right. So how do you put the writing on the front burner? That is uh, very deliberate. I think that for women, especially, it's getting over the guilt that there are other things that are actually sometimes more important. I mean, obviously, raising my son was more important than writing my book, but I could do both. I had to be able to say, I'm going to wake up earlier or I'm going to take this Saturday away from him uh, because I need to put some time into my writing and that balance that oftentimes women are judged for. And so that's complicated. I mean, we, we have to be able to figure out what our priorities are and then be able to claim that time, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I talk a lot about in the exercise and health space about how women always get a bad rap for, you know, going to train for an Ironman or, you know, because, oh, you should be a mother. And, and I actually had a couple of people call me selfish years ago. <laughs> for doing that. And it's yeah. Like, wow. Well, first of all, no one would say that about a guy, but we won't go there. Um, but yeah, balance learning to prioritize what's important to us when we've got kids or big jobs, like you said, I mean, that that's a real struggle. So how do you help women sort of get out of their own way with this? That is the biggest thing. It's it's getting out of your own way. I think there is no one I know who doesn't struggle with guilt issues if they have little kids that they're raising. I, I think the same is true for lots of women, though. I mean, I work with a lot of older women, and the baggage that we bring to our writing is pretty intense. You know, there's a lot of historic... Uh, messaging that we have a lot of people are struggling with you know you shouldn't be telling this story this isn't yours to tell this is airing the your dirty laundry who do you think you are i mean there's just so many things that plague us and so a lot of it is about getting out of our own way but a lot of it is also learning to contain those messages learning to see them for what they are because we internalize them and then we think they're real messages when in fact they've been bestowed upon us as some kind of shitty legacy (laughs) that we need to be like, it's not ours. You know, we don't have to take that on. Wow. That you just said like so much right there. Um, The thing about this is not my story to tell. I mean, I imagine that comes up a lot and I've experienced it with my most recent book um, going through that process while I was writing it, because you said it's, it's a hard process. You know, you learn about yourself and the demons that come up, but let's go back to that. This is not my story to tell. Like Mm -hmm. how I know that that ties in nicely with, with what, like the course you've got going on right now with she writes university. So I definitely want to talk about that, but how let's talk about how this is not my story to tell. How does that theme come up? It can come up in lots of different ways. It comes up in novels because people are writing in fictional spaces that maybe they worry about cultural appropriation or who their characters are. It comes up in memoir because a lot of memoirists that I work with are telling stories about their children or sometimes about other family members. And then they start to internalize that message, you know, like, well, am I allowed to do this? And I think it's just one of the many ways in which we 
burden ourselves again with this message of you're not allowed, it's not yours. And then what it does is it, it, it can paralyze writers. It can stop them from writing when really all that is asked of you in your, whether you're writing fiction or memoir is to be conscientious. You know, you, you need to, if, for instance, if you're writing about your kids and they're old enough, you know, maybe you talk to them a little bit about it. Maybe there are things that you need to shield from the reader. So there are real questions about it, but I think women, they beat themselves up and that's a whole different paradigm. (laughs) That's, that's beyond writing, right? (laughs) Right. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) So what is the green light revolution? The green light revolution is this idea that many creative artists are and need to be green lighters, meaning that they say yes to their own creative impulses, their own creative visions. Right now, and obviously I write about books and book publishing, but this is true in film and it's true in music and it's true in art that the gatekeepers out there are telling you, you know, no, you don't get to do that, or we can't um, greenlight this project, we are not offering you a book deal, you know, we're rejecting your film idea. And greenlighters are people who are saying, well, that's okay, we don't need a greenlight, we don't need a gatekeeper, excuse me, we're going to do it anyway, right? And so there's a whole revolution of people who are Um, Yeah, I mean, they're subsidizing their own work in some capacity because they believe in what they're doing and they're getting their work out into the world. I like it. I like it. So tell us about your latest book. Uh, My latest book is called Right On Sisters, and it is a lot about what we've talked about. (laughs) I mean, it's a lot about conditioning. It's, It's the historic and the social and the economic and the psychological conditioning that women face that and I say this in the book, it's not that men don't face these things, they just face them in their coping mechanisms are a little bit better, and they don't face the challenges in the same way. Mm -hmm. And so um, and so that women face these challenges to the writing process, and then furthermore, to the publishing process. And I try to basically lay the groundwork to say, look at these things exist. And knowing about them ought to be helpful. And then the whole second part of the book is really championing women to move forward, you know, to be courageous, to get their words on the page, to amplify their voices and and to put their stories out into the world. Yeah. So what is the best advice you have for someone who who desperately wants to write and has a story to tell what but they just feel like they you know don't have the time or or can't quite get moving what is the first thing you have your clients or or the people you work with do is there just a practical habit or action that someone can take to, (laughs) to move this forward well, I think what you said is important, which is like once people contact me, right? Because I think the the really important thing is to get an accountability partner. I, I mean, I can't go to the gym without a friend. I just <laughs> don't go. And so it's a really similar kind of thing, like get someone who is going to write with you. It can be free if it's a friend or, you know, someone that you meet online uh, through a writing group. It could be that you pay someone like a coach. It could be that you take a class. 
But I realized like I was not able to write the pages that I needed to write if I didn't have a coach to submit my work to. So I think accountability is one really, really deep piece of it. Um, you know, scheduling your time, don't think about stuff like that. Yeah. People don't think about accountability with writing. I don't think, I mean, I, I haven't really thought about it as much as since I've started looking at she writes and, but I mean, that is such an important part if someone is struggling because so many times we think writing is such an individual sport, (laughs) but you, you need someone just like in any other area. And I think that's a great, great point. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's a big deal. I mean, you mentioned the Ironman, you know, it's like, well, what makes you go out and train for something? What is the impulse in you that wants to do something new? And I started taking piano actually, uh, late in life, just a couple years ago. And I wouldn't practice if I didn't have a lesson to show up to. And I just think that's pretty normal human behavior. (laughs) So having these little touch points with a long-term goal, not saying this needs to be done in two months, you know, give yourself a little bit of breathing space, but to do it incrementally over the course of, you know, what's a normal period of time to finish a book, which could be anywhere from one to five years. Or 20 years. (laughs) Yeah. And sometimes much longer. It shouldn't take you 20 years though. That's kind of my point. I meet a lot of people who say, you know, it took me a decade and it took me more than that. And I think that's because it's percolating for those people. They maybe are not quite ready. And then right. they also dither around a bit before they really figure, you know, buckle down and say, okay, I want to do this thing. Yeah. I'm at two, I'm at two years total from the start to the almost publication of my second book. And I, I mean, I can't imagine stretching it out beyond that. <laughs> like, two <laughs> good, years good is job. Like, <laughs> it's like my max. Yes. No way. I'm so done. It's a, it's so a long done. time. Yes. Yeah. To be creatively with something. Yeah. 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 And it's so funny, the creative process. Um, Maybe you can speak to this, but just the emotions you go through, you know, you write one day and you're like, oh my gosh, this is going to change the entire world. This is amazing. And the next day it's total dog shit. (laughs) You know, you're like, this is the worst thing. Like I told my editor. Yeah. Like my editor and I have like, we'll sign off our names and emails just with goofy things. And one day I was like, sincerely dog shit poop writer. Cause that was what it was. And she was, you know, like we just joke that you have to recognize the truth of what those emotions are. And it's just, oh, you're just gosh. tired of it, right? <laughs> you you can be tired of it. And it's a hard thing because it's hard to be discerning of your own work. I mean, you, those moments, those high highs that you're just like, I'm in flow and this is amazing. And then sometimes your editor will come back and say, actually, this is not clear. I don't know what you're talking about. And then the crappiest stuff you write Sometimes they're like, this is brilliant. And, you know, when you're writing a lot, you need outside readers to help you get grounded in in what's true. Right, right. And the truth is, you just need to be writing. Yes, absolutely. And and it's a time for sharing. You know, I mean, there's a time when it needs to just be your process, you need to protect yourself, you need to just let yourself write. And then there's a season for sharing it. And there's a season for publishing it and recognizing what those things are, because a lot of people sabotage themselves by sharing their work too soon, and dealing with people criticizing them or nagging them, when are you going to be done? So there's just so much emotion you said, right? It's like, it's not just process of like, am I a good writer? It's also, am I exposing myself? You know, who else is being impacted by this? And there's a way in which women 
you know, usually are, are, we're caretaking other people. We're worried about what other people think, you know, there's just so much in this process of, of writing and publishing beyond the goal of, Oh, I have a book to write. Right. Right. And also knowing like what kind of platforms you can just go write on. I mean, a blog is a great example. No one expects really amazing stuff to come out of a blog anymore I don't think but it's different than like publishing on medium or publishing submitting your work to a magazine and um you know it's I think you can put your stuff out journal style with a lot more forgiveness from people (laughs) at least your audience than you can yeah. yeah. And it's a great place to test your ideas. And, and, you know, I read the blogs and posts of people that I like, and I don't expect it to be as polished. And, and right. yet that way that people put out their stuff, because if you have, you know, two, three, five years between books that you're writing, you need to have another medium for people to hear what you have to say. So let's talk a little bit about She Writes University. What is this and how can people take part in it? She Writes University is something that we launched three years ago, and this is the third time we're doing it. And we're bringing in really high-level, exciting teachers, published authors, and people who are teaching on all kinds of subjects, fiction, memoir, uh, how to pitch your stuff to agents, And basically, because of what She Writes is, which is a a platform for women writers, we have historically offered classes, but we decided that doing it in a way that is, you know, seven or eight teachers all in a row, that we could bundle the classes for a, a pretty good deal to students would just be an exciting way to, um, yeah, more than anything, just an offering to our our base, you know, or or she writes base. And so this year we have, uh, Lisa C and, um, uh, Taylor Jenkins Reed and Kelly Corrigan, um, Vanessa Waugh. So there's just some exciting teachers and, and we're in the middle of it. We're actually about to have our third class. So I, if people want to check it out, they can look at shewritesuniversity.com. Very awesome. So what is something that you do in your 24 hours that sets you up for your greatest health, happiness, and success? This podcast is out of the idea that I'll have (laughs) the same 24 hours, but I like to get like a life hack from every one of my guests. Um, Just kind of what is a habit you have or something you do on a daily basis that helps you? I'm a runner and I I don't run every day, but I run probably three to four times a week. And when I can't run, I try my best to walk my son to school. I just find that moving my body is the most important and sane making habit for me because I have a a sitting job. And then last year I bought a a stand-up desk. And so I do remind myself like, yes, I can stand and take this call standing up. And so that's one of the things that I'm most conscious of is just getting on my feet. Well, thank you so much, Brooke. I'll post the link to She Writes University. And I just appreciate you sharing some of your your tips and tricks about writing. But the biggest thing is let's get out of our own way, right? <laughs> that's right. And thank you and good luck with your new book. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs>